We're the twins, and these are our takes. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Twins Takes, a Liam and Irma's podcast on all things sports. Welcome back to another NBA episode. Today we are going to be talking through our NBA midseason awards, um, all of your basic awards uh, that usually get awarded, and then we've uh, added some other ones. And then we are also going to predict how who we think is going to win the awards at the end of the season. So our midseason awards are, if the season ended right now, who would win these awards, our top three. And then uh, we're predicting who we think will actually win them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, should we get right into it? Yep. What do you want to start with? Might as well start with MVP. Okay. This is at the mid-season. Yeah. So, talk to me. Who, who Who's your third place right now? Uh, my third place is LeBron. Okay. Uh, it kills me to put him up there. And I think there were a few other people I could have put above him. Uh, but I think for what he's doing... Um, in whatever year it is, 18, 19, he can stop bragging about it. Um, he He's having a phenomenal year, especially when Anthony Davis went out. He really picked it up, um, and he was putting the team on his back, getting wins. Um, he, he was... Yeah, he's, he's really putting the team on his back. His numbers are crazy, and he's, he's playing really well on the defensive end as well, so I think he has to be up there. Okay. My my third place is Nikola Jokic. Um, I think we're going to have the same top three, probably. Um, maybe not, but I think Jokic has been fantastic. Um, he has scored the ball when he needed to. He's obviously going to get triple doubles, and the Nuggets are in, in a pretty comfortable spot in the middle of the, of the Western Conference. I think they're going to probably move up and finish a little bit higher than they are right now. But to deny Nikola Jokic has... To deny that Nikola Jokic has been great, if you, that means you just don't watch basketball. Because um, this guy is one of the most gifted centers uh, the league's ever seen, especially passing-wise. Yeah, for someone who's very un- unathletic, he, he's got yeah. a great skill set. Yeah, so I, I think he's he's definitely in the conversation um, and a potential favorite to win MVP. Yeah, so my, in second, I have Nikola Jokic. Uh, so I agree with everything he said. Um, obviously, he's not a classic rim-protecting center like you see now in the NBA, but he's the guy who the Nuggets run their offense through. He probably leads the league or is near the top of it in triple-doubles. Uh, and he's really stepped it up this year, even even more than last year when he had a phenomenal year last year. So, yeah, I think for anyone who doesn't put Jokic in their top three of MVP favorites, then... They're either not watching basketball or they don't like him. So yeah, my second is LeBron. Um, I think the only reason I put LeBron over Jokic is because the Lakers are doing better than the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. I think they're both uh, in contention and both definitely not uh, lead leading in the MVP conversation right now. Um, obviously, there's been some injuries now with some of these guys in here. So um, LeBron is. Maybe not as high as, as he is right now, but if the season were to end right now, I think he would finish in second because of how good the Lakers have been. Um, and, he, and he stepped up in games uh, since Anthony Davis has been out. He, he's been pretty, pretty solid. And uh, there's not much else to say. He, you you kind of just get what you've expected from LeBron for like 18 years now. 
um, and, he, and he's still performing. So I've got him in second in the MVP, MVP conversation right mm-hmm. now. And number one? It's got to be Joel Embiid. Yeah, Joel Embiid. Um, despite going down with an injury uh, about a week and a half ago or something like that, um, he has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, and if the season were done right now, he would for sure be the MVP. Um, regardless of him not playing the past week and a half, his numbers are unreal, and especially um, his ability on the defensive end uh, has really, really stepped up. Before he was... Uh, last season, I feel like he was not a liability on defense, but he wasn't an asset on, on the defensive end. Now now he's definitely that, um, and his numbers speak for themselves. I think he's averaging close to 30 points per game, around 13 rebounds. Like Those are numbers that are really, really solid, and he's scoring efficiently and especially late in games the Sixers are able to trust him with the ball uh to get them a bucket and he's come up with some clutch buckets this year for them so yeah Joel Embiid has been phenomenal this season yeah um he's and to start the season I I thought Nicole Jokic was the best center in the league um but this year uh, Joel Embiid's playing like he's a He's one of the best. He's the best player in the league, which is why I think he's number one in, in MVP. But the Sixers have been doing really, really well. Um, obviously, when he went down, they started to lose a few games. But I don't think anyone expected that Sixers team to be as great as they have been, and it's all due to Joel Embiid playing like an absolute beast out there. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting to see how long he's out for, and when he comes back, if he's uh comes back playing as well as he has been, but. There's no denying it. At, at, at the midseason, Joel Embiid is leading the MVP race. Yeah. Okay. Most improved? Sure, or? let's go to most improved. Okay. Who's your number three? My number three, you're going to like this, my number three is Jalen Brown. So I think the reason I put Jalen Brown up here is because he went from a good NBA player to an all-star in one year. That, that is pretty impressive, and not a lot of people have been able to do that. Um, so I think he's also been potentially your most consistent player this season for the Celtics. Um, his scoring has improved, his rebounding has improved, um, and he's a solid defender. So I think Jalen Brown is definitely in the, convers- in the conversation for most improved player. Um, and yeah, I, I think he's been really, really great and has taken that that extra step uh, to become an all-star. So maybe the stats don't see much of an increase, but to become an all-star like that from what he was, just like a, a good NBA player, uh, I think that's a huge improvement. Yeah. Um, I had Jalen Brown. I switched it. Uh, my number three is Jeremy Grant. Um, okay. He's, he's a really good player. He's improving a lot. His numbers are going to see a massive increase. Um just when he's playing on a, on a person team like that, it, it just is. He's their best option. Blake's gone. They don't really have many options there. His numbers are going to skyrocket. And, and he's a good basketball player. I think he, I think he deserves to be number three. Um, I think he, and I think, he, I think he'll, uh, come the end of the season, he'll be in the conversation. But I don't, I don't think he deserves to win it, and I don't think he will win it. But I, I think I have to put his name up there. Okay. In second, I do have Jeremy Grant. Um, I think regardless of the team he's playing on i i mean the numbers speak for themselves and i feel like most people especially myself will will go off numbers for most improved player um 
So, I mean, he went from a third or fourth option on a Nuggets team last year to a first option, yes, but he's also scoring the ball pretty efficiently as well. And I think um, to go from a third or fourth option to a first option and then putting yourself in all-star conversation, that's a huge step up. And yes, obviously his usage rate's going up because he's the best player on that team and he's going to be trusted to to take most of their shots, but he's he's been scoring the ball um, at a really good rate, I guess. Um, he, he's not taking a lot of shots. He's not missing a lot of shots. He's, yeah, he's being really efficient. So I think Jeremy Grant, like you said, deserves to be in the top three. Um, I have him in second, but I don't think he's the winner of this award right now. I'm intrigued as to which one of my two you don't have up there. My second is a mix of numbers and impact. Okay. Uh, my number one is, I think, numbers, but purely on the impact he's had. My number two is Chris Boucher. Okay. Um, I think the Raptors uh, have really struggled this year. Um, but Chris Boucher has been one of their high, has been one of their highs. Um, coming off the bench, he brings new energy. He's a, a great defender, great rim protector, um, and he he can stretch the floor on the offensive end. Um, and I think he's been a really he's been really helpful for the Raptors, especially when they've had uh, a lot of injury troubles. So, so Siakam's been out for a few for time. Anunoby's been out for a long time, and their centers Aaron Baines hasn't really played well at all. Um, so I think he's been really big for them, and so I think, although the Raptors are in eleventh right now, I think Boucher deserves to be in contention. I don't think he will win it, because uh, I think a lot of people don't really look at, uh, I I I don't think his numbers have increased that much, but I think for the impact he's had for the Raptors, especially when they've had injury troubles, uh, I'm throwing his name in there. Okay, um, I I I think he's up there. I have him in probably fourth in my MIP conversation. But I also have him, I think he's um, got a better chance of winning a different award, so we'll get on to that. But um, my most improved player is Julius Randle um, for the New York Knicks. I mean, this guy has been everything that the Knicks have needed and more. Um, scoring the ball, passing the ball, rebounding the ball, shooting it efficiently. Um, been an all-star, and he's led this Knicks team, which has looked like they were going to be nothing coming into the season, uh, into the playoff conversation so he took a just like Jalen Brown he took a step from a, a pretty great player to an all-star mm-hmm. but he's also now leading a team into the playoffs and it's a team that besides him there's not a lot of big names so I definitely think he deserves to be at the top of this conversation and I hope that he he eventually goes on to win it if he continues to play like he has yeah do you agree? My number one is also Julius Randle. Uh, he's changed the way people look at uh, New York Knicks basketball. And I think just for that in itself, he deserves to be up there. But then you look at his numbers. He's getting probably has like seven or eight triple-doubles this year. His numbers and not only points, assists, and rebounds have probably gone up. He's hitting clutch shots at late game. Knicks offense is going through him. He's an all-star, like. He is the perfect candidate to win this award, and so I think he really does deserve it, um, and I hope he wins it uh, come end of the year. Yep. All right. We've agreed on two of these so far. Mm-hmm. Should we move on? Yeah. What do you want to do? Let's go Rookie of the Year. Okay. Who do you yeah. have in third? My number three is Tyrese Halliburton. 
Okay, I think we're going to agree on this exactly. Yeah, uh, I think he's been phenomenal for Sacramento. Uh, I think a lot of people questioned his ability to uh, make threes coming into the league. He has a bit of an odd shooting form, uh, but he's been phenomenal for Sacramento. Uh, impacting the game, his quickness, knocking down threes, um, and he gives De'Aaron Fox a chance to get some rest which I don't think they've been able to give him in the past. Their backup point guards in the past haven't been that great. But now that they've got two young point guards to build around, it'll be interesting to see whether they start playing them together. Um, but he's been by far the third best rookie. Um, and I'm excited to see his future and how much he grows. Yep, I agree. I have Tyrese Halliburton in uh, third as well. Um, yeah, to be a rookie coming off the bench... Um, I think he's coming off the bench. He should be coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, scoring 12.5 points, uh, averaging five assists a game. Those are really, really solid numbers. Um, and potentially, if it weren't for a couple other guys, uh, a couple of other rookies, he'd be higher up in the conversation. But, yeah, I think even when I saw the Kings draft him, I was like, how is this going to play out? How is this going to work? Is he really going to be able to perform uh, on this team? And he's surprised me at how good he's been and how smooth this transition into the NBA is. So I for sure think that he will finish in the top three of the rookie of the year conversation. Yeah. Okay, number two, I have Anthony Edwards. I also have Anthony Edwards. Um, we did an episode a few weeks ago, or maybe like a, about a month or so now, uh, talking about each individual team and who we thought had been great so far. And I, I, I kind of dissed Anthony Edwards a little bit. Uh, I don't think he... I don't think he was playing fantastic to start the year. Uh, I thought he was good, but I, I didn't know if he was number one overall pick material uh, when we recorded that. But since then, he's just proven me wrong. Uh, he dropped 40 the other day. Or he's been getting career high. He's been getting buckets. Uh, he's really been the one bright spot to that Minnesota Timberwolves team. Cat's uh, been out injured a little bit. Daniel Russell's been out. Uh, but he's he is fun to watch and... He's had probably some of the best dunks I've ever seen in a year. Uh, and he's posterizing people left, right, and center. But he's, he's really hard to guard because he's quick when he goes to the rim and he can knock down a shot. So he's definitely number two for me. Uh, I think he's been phenomenal. I think he has a good chance to win this award. Yep. He's averaging 17 points per game, and that's probably only going to continue to go up. Um, the one thing I have is he's only shooting 32% from three, which is... A little bit low, but most people, most rookies coming into the league don't shoot the three mm-hmm. super efficiently anyways. So, yeah, I mean, we knew him as a scorer and a bucket coming into the league, and yeah. he's just continued to do that, get buckets. So I have him in second, and it's only because another guy's been just incredible Yeah, to start the season. So, obviously, our <laughs> rookie of the year winner at midseason is obviously the Mellow Ball. Uh, this guy has been unbelievable for the Charlotte Hornets. It, like, I didn't even, I didn't think he would be this good, and I didn't think he even could be this good this season. The numbers he's putting up and the confidence he's showing is unreal, and he is going to be an elite player in the NBA in just a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Because the way he can read the game, um... And the way he's shooting the ball already, those are things that most rookies don't do in their first season. Yeah. So, 
he's a clear rookie of the year favorite. Um, we obviously know recently he just got injured, so it's unfortunate because if he would have stayed healthy, he's the rookie of the year for sure. But that's not to discredit at all the season that he's had because he's been unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I like what I think it was Stephen A. said. Um, he said two things I liked. One, Lamelo Showtime. Um, he can play flashy, but he plays flashy because he's playing smart. Um, he makes all these fancy passes, but he knows he can make them, and he knows they're the right play to make. Um, and he said that Lamelo's the player we were promised Lonzo would be, and I think I agree with that because. Lonzo is a great playmaker, but Lamelo is also a great playmaker. When we saw Lonzo come to the league, we thought he would be able to score the ball, but he doesn't have that killer instinct like Lamelo does. Lamelo has that killer instinct. He wants to be the star of the team. He wants to go. He wants everything to be around him. But he's also one of. He's also seems like, from all of his interviews and stuff, he's very humble. I think that will go a long way for his, uh, his growth in the NBA. But as you said, his season has been absolutely incredible. Um, and it's really unfortunate that uh, he got injured because I think it's going to hurt Charlotte's chances of making the playoffs this year. Yeah, for sure. All right, we are moving on. What award do you want to go to next? Let's go Defense Player of the Year. Okay. Who do you have in third? This one's, I feel like, a little bit of a two-horse race. Yeah, in third, I have Miles Turner. Okay, I agree. Uh, he's one of the best rim protectors in the league. Uh, there's not much else to say about him. Uh, I, I feel like this potentially may get traded at the deadline. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's always talks about Miles Turner getting traded. But uh, I hope he comes to Boston. Uh, we need that win protector. We need a good center who can stretch the floor. Um, but on the defensive end, yeah, he, as I said, he's one of the best win protectors in the league. Um, and he, he, he's always in and around being talks for defensive player of the year. Um, so you always know his name's going to be thrown out there. But I, th- I think he's been... Very, very good this year. I think he leads the league in blocks. Um, potentially. I'll look. But, yeah, I think, regardless, he's, he's, one of the best, he's one of the best rim protectors in the league. Yeah, I yeah, agree. He does. 3.4 blocks a game. Yeah, I think... Um, I feel like last season he wasn't as great on the defensive end as he has been uh, for most of his career. This year he's taken it back up to the level um, to be an elite defender. So, I think, I know most people don't use, like, most people are like, you shouldn't go off stats, you shouldn't go off blocks, steals, but 3.4 blocks per game is, yeah, it's nuts. like, is, is a crazy number. And he's also, he also just knows um, how to defend in the paint. And a lot of people who get, a lot of guys who um, are up there in blocks, maybe don't know that, they just kind of are there, they're long, they know how to block shots, but they don't really know how to defend the paint. Miles Turner is one of those guys that knows how to hold it down and defend the paint, along with one of the other guys we have in here. Um, but yeah, Miles Turner is a definite top three defensive player that you can get. Blocks basically match his fouls per game. Yeah, which I don't think you 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 ever see. So he he's a very solid defender. Now we move on. Number two, this is this where one's... I think we we we're, we're gonna be different. Okay. Uh, my number two is Rudy Gobert. Wow. Okay, go on. I'm assuming your number one is Ben Simmons. Then. Yeah. Okay, I have Ben Simmons at two and Rudy Gobert at one. Uh, Rudy Gobert 
is the best rim protector in the league. Yep. Um, he not only he averages two point eight blocks per game or something, but not only that, when he's there, teams don't drive as much as uh, as much as when he's not in the game. Um, he makes people who do come into the paint uh, adjust their shot, and he's very very good at not fouling and getting blocks. Um, so he he's always going to be up there. Uh, I don't think he'll win it this year, though. I have to disagree. I think he has been the most crucial player to this Utah Jazz team that is in first place. Because, yes, they're elite on offense and they shoot the three ball really, really well. But they are so, so good defensively that if they weren't as good defensively, they wouldn't have won as many games as they have because they'd just be in a lot of scoring battles. Whereas they're great on offense, but they're also great on defense. And that's only because of, that's solely because of Rudy Gobert um, being the, the Eiffel Tower. That's what they call him, the Eiffel Tower. He's super tall um, and, and he's French. <laughs> and in the paint, <laughs> he's French. Well, yeah. <laughs> but in the, <laughs> in the paint, he is scary. And even some of these NBA players do not want to attack because he's there and he will alter your shot and adjust your shot if he doesn't block it. So I have him in first, but I understand why you put Ben Simmons in first. Ben Simmons is a phenomenal defender. And one thing about him is he can guard a lot of people in the NBA. I'd say he can guard everyone except centers. He can guard the positions one through four mm-hmm. um, because of how tall he is. And he's quick on the perimeter, so he'll guard the point guards, he'll guard the forwards if he needs to, which makes him a really versatile defender. The only thing is, I don't think people will want to give this award to a guard. I feel like, for the most part, it goes to a big. And maybe that's just a little bit disrespectful on my end towards Ben Simmons, but I think this award will go to Rudy Gobert because he's a big man. Um, ben Simmons has been elite, but I think that's just the way this award plays out. Well, I understand that. I think that uh, Joel Embiid has f- really pushed the Sixers on the offensive end, but I think Ben Simmons has been really, really key for them um, on the defensive end. As you said, he guards one through four. So when you look at teams like in the East who they play, um, he can guard KD, Kyrie, James Harden. He can guard Giannis. He can guard Tatum. He can guard Jalen Brown. He could guard Kemba Walker. He's been phenomenal this year, and it may not show in the stats. Like he, he averages one and a half steals a game, which is great. Zero point seven blocks. Yeah, as a guard, it's pretty good. But he makes teams think when he's on the defensive end because they can't if he's if they use a ball screen and he's on them. They can't switch that. Ben Simmons can guard any of them. And so I think he's really been fueling that Sixers team. Um, and I think, as you said, they're most likely going to give it to a, a center. But I think a guard deserves to win. And I think he's going to be the guy who's going to get it. Um, I think he deserves it. I could see it going to Gobert. And I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be upset if it went to Gobert because he's had a phenomenal year. But I do hope, and this kills me, I do hope it goes to Ben Simmons. Okay, I I think one of the only things that also held me back a little bit is 
on the Sixers, you also have some other really good perimeter defenders in Matisse Thybul and Danny Green. Mm-hmm. So there are situations in which Ben Simmons won't be guarding um, potentially the best players on the court. Um, sometime, for the most part, I feel like if there's a point guard and Matisse Thybul's in the game, Matisse Thybul will be guarding him. Or Danny Green, if he's in the game, Danny Green will be guarding him. So, yes, Ben Simmons is an elite defender, but I feel like an elite defender and a defender that's not a big man who wants to win Defensive Player of the Year should constantly, when he's in the game, be guarding the best player. Um, I think, though, I think in a regular season, I don't think, obviously, Ben Simmons is going to. I, I think at times when you have Matisse Tabo comes on for five, six, seven, eight minutes a game, getting good to stretch the game. Obviously, you're going to play them while they have their energy on, on, on some of their best players. That makes sense to me. I think when it comes time to playoffs, Ben Simmons will be guarding the best players, and I think he'll want that challenge. Obviously, you won't be able to see that now, but I, I, I think he is the best defender in the league. Okay. Um, okay, we move on? Yes, let us move on. Six man? Yeah, we'll go six man. Okay. What do you got? My number three is Terrence Ross. Okay. Uh, Why don't you just read me through your three, two, one, so we can see the same ones. Three is Terrence Ross, two is Chris Boucher, one is Jordan Clarkson. Okay, I've got three Chris Boucher, two Terrence Ross, one Jordan Clarkson. So okay. let's talk Chris Boucher and Terrence Ross. Uh, Terrence Ross is always up here. He he's one of the best. He's one of the best. He is. He's, he's no. usually in contention. Yeah, I'm sorry. I wasn't looking at you in like no. a questioning way. He's one of the best scores off the bench. Uh, of all time, and I feel like he's disrespected. I wouldn't say of all time, but of this era. Of this era. Um, he consistently puts up 20 a game off the bench. Um, and for a team as bad as the Orlando Magic are, uh, he consistently puts up 20, 25 points a game coming off the bench. He brings a new energy when he, when he comes on, which I think is the key when it comes to a good sixth man. Is He brings energy and he brings pace. Uh, and that's what Terrence Ross does. And he also can knock down his shot. Like, if you leave Terrence Ross open, he's making it 95% of the time, regardless of where it is. Like, <laughs> I don't think he makes it 95% nine, of the time. Open shots, probably. Uh, I think the only thing letting me down a little bit, and I, and I don't mean to do this, but it's just of what team he plays for. Yeah. Um, I have him in second. I think I agree with everything you said. Uh, he's having a career year this year, scoring-wise. And... For a team that's really bad and their starting lineups really bad, to have a sixth man that is actually quite good and would be a good sixth man on most teams in the NBA is quite surprising. Um, Terrence Ross has been a great energy man for the most part, usually because of um, threes and his electrifying dunks. But I feel like he's more than that this year. Um I feel like he's an actual scorer this year as opposed as opposed to a three-point shooter. So I have him in second. I think I have him in third. Chris Boucher, you have him in second. Chris Boucher has been phenomenal for the Raptors this year. Um, being that energy guy off the bench and another en- way to get energy is getting blocks. Um, and that's what Chris Boucher does. He electrifies the team with on the defensive end especially. However, I think the Raptors are almost equally as bad as the Magic. So these two, I feel like, are, are toss-up as to who's above the other, but I feel like Terrence Ross is scoring more, and I feel like he's making more of a 
I don't even want to say direct impact because Boucher is making a direct impact too, but I feel like Terrence Ross, because of the injuries, the, some, of the, the, some of the injuries the Magic have had for like a long, long uh, part of the season, he stepped up really, really big and has been huge for them um, with like the likes of Markel out uh, and other guys. So that's why I have him over Chris Boucher. Yeah, um, I like Chris Boucher. I think he brings a new energy. I think he's fantastic on the defensive end, and he brings uh, great interior defense, which sparks offense. Um, and I've been really surprised with how well he's been able to knock down the three-pointer this year. Um, I, 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 it's better than I thought it would be. Uh, and he's looking like a mini Pascal. Um, Siakam, obviously. Uh, and I like it. Uh, I could definitely see Terrence Ross being above him. Uh, I can understand why you're putting him above him. Uh, but I don't think either of them right now are close to being at number one. Okay. The uh, the number one, this guy's already won six men of the year. Yeah. Like, I, I'm pretty sure it's almost a done deal, and that's Jordan Clarkson of the Utah Jazz. This guy's been un- incredible. Yeah. He, he's, sh- sh- he's shown us glimpse, like glimpses of this in the past, mm-hmm. being able to score the ball really, really well. But for some reason on this Utah Jazz team coming off the bench, he's an elite scorer. Yeah. And, and I'm not even scared to say that. Mm-hmm. He's an elite scorer. A couple games ago, he, against the 76ers, he scored 42 off the bench. Yeah. What? Yeah, how do you when know? have you ever seen guys do that off the bench? And when have you ever seen Jordan Clarkson even look that comfortable on the court? He hasn't done that in a while. Mm-hmm. So I think his impact on this Utah Jazz team, he's probably the almost the second leading scorer on that team. For a team that's in first place... That's an easy, easy six man of the year right there. Yeah. Um, I don't even think there's much of a debate to it anymore. I think this six man of the year conversation was over about a week ago. Yeah, uh, I think it's over. I think in order, f- the Jazz have been fantastic. In order for you to win a championship as an NBA team, you need to have a f- you need to have a fantastic six man. Look back in the past six seven years. Look at the six man. You got what? Who won last year? Lakers. Six man. I don't even know. Probably like Kuzma. There's someone decent. I just can't think of my head right now. Um, anyways, Raptors, they had Fred Van Vliet come off the bench because uh, Danny Green started shooting guard. The, the Warriors obviously had Andre Iguodala. Back when, back when the Heat, I mean, back when the Spurs were playing, they had Manu Ginobili come off the bench. So if you look at all these teams that have built, are built to win championships, they have great six men coming off the bench. And Jordan Clarkson, as you said, has been absolutely unbelievable. Um, he can put up 20 a game. He can put up 40 a game. It just depends on how well the other t- players on his team are playing. If the other team, if the other players aren't scoring the ball well, he'll put up 40. If they are, he's happy putting up 20. He's happy putting up 10. But he just brings a new energy to the team. And I'm so happy that he's playing this well. Because I feel like people have forgotten about him. But he is a fantastic scorer. Yeah. Okay. Should we remind who the sixth man, sixth man was for the Lakers? But I can't find it. Oh, it was probably the GOAT Caruso, no? Maybe. You talk about the you start with the next award. Okay, coach of the year. Uh, these are real. This is really tough. Um, in third, uh, I have Monty Williams. Okay. Uh, the Suns have been absolutely phenomenal. Everyone knew they would be a good playoff team, as soon as, uh, Chris Paul came in and after their bubble run, but I don't think anyone ex- expected them to be sitting at the two seed right now. They're playing really well. Devin Booker looks fantastic. DeAndre Ayton looks like he's a, 
He's great. But it all comes down to Chris Paul. He's one of the best floor generals of all time. He controls the game like one of the best of all time. And he's really set this Phoenix team in, hot, in the way they want to play. Um, and they could make a deep run. They really could. Yep. With Chris Paul, they could make a deep run. Yep. In third, I've got Doc Rivers. Um, I think he's, I mean, he's been great for the Philadelphia 76ers, of course. They're in they're the top of the Eastern Conference. I just think, honestly, I think the other two coaches I put ahead of him have just been better because they've taken their teams from where I thought they could be to where they are now. So I thought the 76ers were going to be a top four team. I think, I don't think they're going to finish one, but I think they'll finish potentially two. In second in sorry second in the Eastern Conference so, I mean he's done a little bit better than I thought but, these next two coaches have been my I thought they were gonna be low playoff seeds and they're some of the best playoff teams, uh, out there right now so that's why I have Doc Rivers in third yeah my own two Doc Rivers, uh, I think everyone thought the Sixers would be great, uh I don't think anyone expected them to be the one seed sitting at this point I think I don't know how much of it is credit to Doc Rivers, uh. Obviously, I don't know that, but Embiid's played fantastic. Simmons has been playing really well. Uh, Tobias Harris has stepped it up a lot. Um, I think Dwight Howard's been great. Seth Curry's been great. Uh, I think you look at it, and on the outside, you don't know how much of an impact Doc Rivers has made. But if you compare them to last year and how well they were doing and the way they gelled, they just look like a complete new team this year. Um, they look like they can actually go on a run late in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, it's going to be tough with the Nets, but... Uh, I think Doc Rivers has done a fantastic job, and it'll be tough to it'll be tough, um, while Embiid's out. But I think Doc Rivers, if there's any coach who can figure it out, it'll be Doc Rivers. Yeah, my my second is Monty Williams. Um, I think the Suns were expected to be in the playoffs, but no one expected them to be sitting on March twenty second in second place in the Western Conference above the Lakers and the Clippers, mm-hmm. regardless of injury situation. No one expected that. And that is tons of credit to Monty Williams. Because yes, they got Chris Paul, but this was a team that last year, Monty Williams did the same thing with them in the bubble. Went, made them go 8-0. I think he's a really, really good coach. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'd want him to win this award. I think if the Phoenix Suns continue to play like they are, I think he should win the award. This is a Phoenix Suns team that last season... Dis- Disregarding the bubble, was dreadful. Was not good. Yep. And now they are second in the Western Conference in one year. Yes, it goes to Chris Paul, but Monty Williams has done that, has helped that team incredib- incredibly as well. So he's in second, and obviously in first place, we both have Quinn Snyder. Yep. Utah had been better than anyone could have expected or predicted. You predicted them as like a seven seed. No, I predicted years. them as a five seed. Yeah, but like originally, originally. Yeah, but I knew the West was going to be close. And I didn't think Utah would be this good, honestly. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Donovan Mitchell would be as dominant as he has been. I didn't think Jordan Clarkson would be a six-man-of-the-year candidate. And who else? Bogdanovich, Connolly. Connolly's having like a career year. Yeah. So this is all credit to Quinn Snyder. Utah's the best team in the West. Mm-hmm. The best team in the league. And might finish as the best team in the league. So, if Utah finishes as the best team in the league, Quinn Snyder will win this award for sure. Yeah. 
Okay, we move on? Yeah. So now we've added a few of our own awards. Uh, so do you want to start with shooting most surprising player? Yeah. Okay, I have three down. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to go through them quickly. Uh, my three are DeMar DeRozan. Okay. Zach Levine. Okay. And LaMelo Ball. Okay. Do you want to talk through yours uh, quickly? Sure, I'll talk through them quickly. Uh, LaMelo Ball, we spoke on him earlier. Um, I knew it would be great. I didn't know how great he would be. Um, but he came in and he, he asserted himself as the best rookie in, in the class. Uh, he showed that he was gonna be he was gonna be phenomenal in, for years to come. Uh, the way he reads the game, his IQ, his ability to make shots, uh, it just surprised me, and I really enjoy watching him play. Uh, beside the one thing I don't like is all the Instagram accounts literally posting every single thing he does. I think yeah. it's just because the Hornets announcers are that entertaining. But we'll move on from him. Uh, Zach Levine's a, a certified bucket, um, and we've known that, but I feel like he's really elevated his play this year. Um, he's shooting 43% from the three-point line. Uh, he's really been the one key piece to this Bulls team. Uh, and we, we say that every year, but I feel like this year he's really, really picked it up. Um, he's been clutch when they need to. I feel, like he's, I feel like he might be at the top of like clutch points scored or like points scored in the fourth quarter. Like some, One of those stats he's, he's at the top he's of. He's close to top. Um, uh and I think I knew he would be great, but I didn't think he'd be he'd be an all star and he'd be he'd be uh this good and I think the Bulls need him to be this good if they want to sneak into that playing tournament. Yep. And then DeMar DeRozan, I think he should have been an all star. Uh I I thought he was gonna be done with, to be honest. I thought San Antonio would trade him at the deadline. Uh I I I, I really did, but he's shown not only his ability to score, but his ability to uh playmake and rebound. Uh, I think he's been he's been really key for the Spurs team and the run they've gone on. Uh, and I don't think people see that because his numbers are down scoring wise. When you think of Demar Derozan, you think of him as a great scorer. But he's really been a he's he's had a big impact on the Spurs run this year. So yeah. Those are my three. When are you gonna admit you were wrong saying Sacramento is better than San Antonio? Not wrong yet. Okay. Um, my most surprising players. These are guys that I thought coming into the season. I was like, I don't like these guys. I don't think they're going to do much, and I'd rather see them get traded. And they both surprised me and played really well. First one, Julius Randle. I didn't think he would be able to lead this next team, and I thought, trade Julius Randle, get some young pieces, and rebuild with some of the guys they have, because I like some of the guys they have. He's been, like we spoke on, like, like we spoke about earlier, exceptional for the Knicks. An all-star, and really, really impressed me, and has led this Knicks team, which I really like. The other guy is Russell Westbrook. You guys know I'm a Wizards fan. And when we traded John Wall for Russell Westbrook, I was not excited he about was, having Russell Westbrook on his team. He was pissed off. And he's made me mad throughout this season a lot. But to I don't I shouldn't discredit him. He's been very, very good in exactly what we expected Russell Westbrook to be. Um, leads the league in triple doubles. And is electric in the open court. Mm-hmm. There's a reason we are the we lead the league in pace. Um, it's because of Russell Westbrook. We score in transition so much more than the other team because when we get Westbrook the ball, he's doing a layup in the next two seconds. Um, he's been a little bit weak defensively and he's been a little bit weak uh, making decisions late in the game, but... I mean, Bradley Beal has said he's the best teammate he's ever played with. Westbrook's brought this crazy attitude to this Wizards team, and 
although we're not performing to the level that we probably could, um, I've seen improvements from all of our guys, and that's because of Russell Westbrook. So he's definitely surprised me, and uh, I don't hate him as much as I used to. Yeah, I think uh, he's going to help you young players a lot in the future. Yeah. All right, most surprising team. Now, there's a lot of teams that have surprised me, um, but one I'm going to go with, I did one from each conference, except I have a couple from each conference. I picked the Jazz from the West. Um, I don't really want to repeat what I said earlier, but I didn't think they would be this good. They're the best team in the league, and it's impressive. Mm-hmm. Other Western Conference teams I could have thought about, the Suns uh, and the Spurs, because I knew the Spurs were going to be solid, but I didn't think they'd be in the playoffs, uh, to be honest. And they're sitting in seventh right now, so that's crazy. And then my Eastern Conference team, it's got to be the New York Knicks, man. Um, I, I didn't think they would be anywhere near a 10th seed. Uh, not only are they near a 10th seed, they're above a 10th seed. They're sitting in 7th or 8th right now. So this New York Knicks team, with no real superstar other than Julius Randle, um, has been exceptional. And Tom Thibodeau, despite his crazy minutes that some of his guys play, it's working out for him right now. Yeah, um, I agree with all of your teams in the West. Uh, that could have been it. I went with San Antonio. Uh, I thought they'd be trading DeRozan and Aldridge at the deadline. Uh, I think they bought out Aldridge, I think. Right? They haven't bought him out yet, they but they, I think they're out. looking to. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they'd be a playoff team. I thought they'd be one of the worst teams in the West. They're playing fantastically well. Uh, Pop's just showing how fantastic he is as a coach. Uh, you could probably throw him up there, coach of the year. They're not doing as well, but he's probably top five right now. Yeah. Um. And then in the East, the Knicks. I had them bottom three in the East. They're not bottom three. I, I think they're almost certified to be in the play-in tournament. I hope I jinx that. could give the Celtics a better chance. But they're playing unbelievably well. Uh, and Randall and Barrett have been really, really phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I think another team we could have thrown in there is the Hornets. But yeah. um, let's but I, I, I knew they'd be a playoff team, I thought. Okay. Let's move on to the most underwhelming player. So this is a guy who we thought would would probably help a team out a lot and has just been essentially not what we thought he would be. Yeah. Who do you got? How many do you have? Tell me you have two. I have three. Oh my god. We're uh, supposed to have one. I know, but one is just for my personal team. Okay. So it's more of like a rant than like a... Okay, well, hurry up. Kemba uh, Walker. He's coming back from injury. But I don't like him. I don't think he fits with our team. I think he's taking away shots from Brown and Tatum and I think in the long run... Uh, we need to trade him because we want those two guys to be our stars and we need some other different type of player than just a scorer. Yep. Uh, so I think he needs to go. I would love to see like a forward come in and start smart at the one, uh, like a four or a three or a two really because I'm fine with starting smart at the one, uh, but whatever. I think it, uh, my actual East one is Pascal Siakam. Okay. I feel like every year we think that Siakam's going to be great, uh, but I feel like he keeps letting everyone down. I know Raptors fans are annoyed with him, but I think he can be great. I just think there's a lot of pressure on him to be the best player in Toronto. And I don't think he's a number one option. I think he's a nice number two option. Probably a fantastic number three option. Uh, but I don't think he's a number one option. Uh, his numbers are okay this year, but I don't think he's been that great. And then in the West, Christoph Porzingis. Uh, his numbers are not bad. He's averaging 19 points a game. But he needs to be that duo for Luka. And he needs to be there. He needs to be playing well on the defensive end. He needs to be scoring. He needs to be doing all these things. But... I don't think he's had that impact on Dallas, and I don't think that duo is working out. Yeah, I agree. My my Western Conference player is Kristaps Porzingis as well. I think when he got traded there, 
we were all really excited to see Luca and Porzingis play together. Um, they were hopefully going to be one of the best duos in the NBA, and like you said, they just haven't been that. Um, Porzingis has struggled with his health, and there was even talks that they would trade him this season. Um, I thought the Mavericks with Luke, or with Porzingis back being healthy were going to be a top team in the West, and they're barely in the playoffs right now. So Porzingis has definitely been disappointing. Um, and my Eastern Conference player, it's been Blake Griffin. Um, not only because he's a little wimp and went to the Brooklyn Nets, but even for the Pistons. I thought that guy was going to at least put up some good numbers, but he's been terrible. Yeah. And not only that, he, he just didn't want to play for him. Yeah. So, yes, I can respect him not wanting to play there and going to play somewhere where he wants to play, but he hasn't put up good numbers. So he's been very underwhelming, and he hasn't dunked since 2019, except he just dunked recently for the Nets. But in all the games for the Pistons, he didn't dunk once. I think that was just a, it was a lack of effort from him. Which is just really underwhelming and bad to see. Yeah. And now he's making like one million a year. Yeah. Now we move on to our most underwhelming teams. From the West, I've got two teams. I've got so one from the West, one from the East. Oh, I have two teams from the West. Because I okay. can't decide. One from the West I have is the Pelicans. Hmm. I think they're I mean, they're worse than the Thunder right now. The Thunder have Shea Gilders Alexander. The the Pelicans have Zion Williamson. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart. These are guys that are decent NBA players. Zion and Zion was an all-star. Brandon Ingram could have been an all-star. Has been an all-star in the past. Yeah, so those are two guys that are really, really good scorers. Not only that, they got Steven Adams in the offseason. This is a team that should be pushing for the playoffs. And yet they're not. They're a team that is potentially going to be in the lottery. So I don't really know where they've gone wrong but they've just been underwhelming this is a team that i thought was going to be really exciting to watch and push for the playoffs and push a lot of these better teams but they just haven't been that yeah uh mine in the west dallas sort of i thought they'd be hot up some reason there um another one's houston and i know when everyone when james Harden was traded everyone was like yeah they won't be that good but you got john wall that old depot they had christian wood Old Depot doesn't play for them, though, really. No, I know. But when you look at that, it's like, you think they could be pushing into that playing tournament. John Wall and Christian Wood, John Wall's come back from injury. They still have yeah. DeMarcus Cousins, too. I don't know what happened with them. I think they got. I think they bought him out, uh, which was really weird, because I thought it would be really good for them. Uh, Eric Gordon's been great this year. I feel like that's a roster that could be pushing towards the, the playing tournament, but they just, they finally snapped a 20-game losing streak, but going on a 20-game losing streak... Losing streak, losing streak. I don't think anyone expected that. So I've just been really underwhelmed by the Houston Rockets this year, and I don't see where they're going in the future. To be honest. Yep. Uh, most underwhelming team in the East is the Boston Celtics. No. Yes. Well, maybe for you, but the most underwhelming team in the East is the Toronto Raptors. No, because I didn't. Th- I, I don't like them. I don't think they're good anyway. But they're in eleventh right now. I yeah. thought they would be. Because here's why they for the start of the season they were awful. Yeah. Looked like one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, they are. Then they got back to 500. And yeah. they looked like they'd figured out what they were doing. Yeah. Now they've slipped off again. And their best player in the past month has been Norman Powell. Yeah. You can't... Despite how good Norman Powell has been, you cannot be a Raptors team and a Raptors fan and have expected Norman Powell to be your best player when you have Lowry, 
Van Vliet and Siakam on your team. This is a team that has fallen off dramatically. And I just don't understand how they're going to fix it. They're, they need to, I think they need to make some trades. Uh, whether they trade guys away or bring guys in, they, they need to do decision. something. Yeah, they, yeah, need, they need, to need to make a decision. decision because the team they have right now is not cutting it. Um, so either be sellers and rebuild or be buyers and commit to trying to make that playoff push. Yeah. Uh, I think one piece that would be good for them is Vucevic. I think they need a center. Yeah. Uh, or Miles Turner. Boston. Really bad. We just, we, we're really bad. Uh, yeah, we're really bad. <laughs> we're really, really bad. You guys have dealt with a lot of injuries, but... Yeah, but we're really bad. We're inconsistent, and I, I'm really upset. I don't want to speak. Uh, season awards. This will be quick now, because okay. we're just naming our winner. Okay, we're moving on. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't want to speak. We're, we're really, really bad, and we should be a top four team, but we're going to be in the playing tournament. Okay. Um, yeah, so now we're just predicting how we think the season awards are going to play out, um, who we think now is going to win each conference, who we think is going to make it out of each conference, and who's going to win the NBA championship. This will be quick. We've talked about each guy. So, who is your MVP... Who do you think is going to win MVP at the end of the season? Nikola Jokic. I 100% agree. Because of, because of the injuries, and I think he's going to be playing phenomenal. Yeah. Done. Yeah, I think, I mean, Embiid and LeBron are both probably out. LeBron out for another three weeks to a month. Yeah. Embiid probably similar timetable. Mm-hmm. Jokic, as long as he stays healthy, that MVP is his. Yeah. Uh, my two small maybes, if, you, if Jokic somehow falls off, Dame, Steph. Depends on how their teams finish in the West, but Agreed. they're definitely up there. Agreed. Potentially honest too. Yeah. But rookie of the year, easily. Anthony Edwards. Yeah. I still think Lamelo could win it. I really do. But I think Anthony, the way Anthony Edwards is playing right now, there's no way. Yeah, the the, the trajectory he's on, he's been improving his last like throughout these last two weeks. If he continues to do that, he's gonna overtake Lamelo for sure. And yeah. I think it'd just be outrageous to give it to Lamelo if Anthony Edwards Continues to keep up the way he's been playing. Mm-hmm. A guy I think I, a guy I think could sneak into the top three. Emmanuel quickly of the New York Knicks. Yeah. Um, I think he's been really really good. Floated game. Yeah. Most improved. Who you got? Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Easy. Knicks are gonna make the playoffs, and Julius Randle is gonna be the reason why. Mm-hmm. Six man of the year we already know is done. Jordan, Jordan Clarkson. It's done and dusted. Like just give him the award now. Yeah. Defensive player of the year. You got Simmons? Uh, no, I think Gobert will win it. Okay, I've got Gobert as well. I, I like Simmons, but I think Gobert will win it. I agree. Uh, coach of the year? Quinn Snyder. Monty Williams. I, I agree. the Jazz fall off, to be honest, okay. a little bit. I agree. Uh, I think the Suns could be the one seed in the, in the West when it's all said and done. If LeBron's out for a few weeks, the Clippers are never going to be the one seed. If the Jazz fall off, I think the Suns could take him. Okay. And I'd, I'd love that. Okay. I don't mind that at all. Um, okay, so now we're going Western Conference. Tell me who you think is going to finish top of the standings, and then tell me who you think at the end of the playoffs is going to be playing in that NBA championship representing the West. In the West or the East? Yeah, West. Uh, unfortunately, I do think the Jazz still come top in the West, uh, but the Lakers are coming out of the West. Okay. I agree with that 100%. Utah wins the conference, and the Lakers make it up. In the East, I think winning it is a top, the one who comes who's top, the top seed, the one seed. Uh, I think it's tough, but I'm going with the Bucks. Okay. Uh, I think Embiid being hurt hurts the Sixers. Uh, and I think with Brooklyn, who knows who's going to be sitting when. I, I think the Bucks are going to be the one seed in the East. But the Nets are coming out of the East, man. Okay. I think the Nets are going to finish as the one. I think... Fair enough. I think... It's regardless, close. Yeah, I think regardless of how they 
Um, regardless of who they sit, as long as one of KD, Kyrie, or James Harden is playing, that team still has potential to win games. So they can rest all of them at points and still finish one first in the East. And then, yes, they will make it out of the Eastern Conference and get to the NBA Finals. If they don't get to the NBA Finals, first of all, if they don't win the NBA Championship, it's an embarrassment. If they don't even get to the NBA Finals out of the East, that will be the most disappointing team of all time. I think for them, if I think for the Nets, you want to play Boston or Miami. I think they may have some tough matchups coming against Brooklyn and the Sixers just because of how well they both defend. Yeah, but it's also dependent on who makes trades and what. Yeah. Um, um, my champions the Brooklyn Nets. My champions the LA Lakers. Oh, you crazy! No, I think as long as LeBron and AD are back healthy before the end of the regular season, so they can get back into it and get into playoff mode, that team is better than Brooklyn. Sure. Um, the one thing I will say is we didn't talk about this during MVP, but. I think this could be the first time in history we see three players from the same team in a top 10 of MVPs. I think Kyrie and James Harden would be absolutely phenomenal. James Harden honestly might win MVP. I, I think you could. I think you have to throw Kyrie's name in there as well. Uh, you have to. He's been uh, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, He's been lights out. James Harden's been the best player on that team. Uh, it's up for debate. James, no, James Harden has been the best player on that team. It's and honestly, honestly... At the end of the season, he might finish second in the MVP conversation. He could be there. Kyrie could be up there. I no, really do Kyrie think he could. could. Kyrie, Kyrie, will, Kyrie will not finish in the top 10 I think he'll of fin- MVP. I think he'll finish higher than Stephen Curry. No. That is insanely, because of, insanely dumb. I don't think he should. But because no. of where Brooklyn are in the standings, doesn't because matter. of the numbers he's putting up. No, it doesn't matter. Kyrie could be up there. Could be. He won't be. He will not be above Curry. He will not be above Dame. He, he will not be above, above Luka. He will not be above LeBron. He will not be he'll above, above Luka. He will not be above Jokic. He will not be above Harden. There's a chance. No. He won't he's be. He's having a great year. Dude, he's not even better than Bradley Beal. Okay. Well, he's not. He's Yo, not. Relax. He's not better than Bradley Beal. He is 10 times better. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Because yeah. all he does is score now, and Bradley Beal does that better. What do you mean? Kyrie's numbers are unbelievable. But Bradley Beal does whatever Kyrie does, but better. Nah. He scores better. Okay. Kyrie doesn't just do that anymore. Yeah, he does. That's all he does. He's a shooting guard now. It doesn't mean he doesn't pass the ball. He doesn't. He's a great playmaker. No, no he's not. You had he's him on six it. assists. 28-6-5. and five. 40. Yeah, okay, but those... 50, almost 50-40-90. Okay, but those assist numbers are boosted from games where Harden and Durant have not played. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. When Westbrook doesn't play, Beal's assists go up. When Beal, when Westbrook does play, Beal's assists go up. When Westbrook does, no, not yeah, really. no. When when Westbrook and Beal play together, Westbrook's assists go up. Well, yeah, but it's the same thing with Beal. No, I, I don't when know. You, when you play with a good player, your assists are always going to go up. You pass them the ball, they make well, a shot. No, but it depends because Kyrie, when he's playing with other players, is not the primary ball handler, so he's not making the plays. He's looking to score. James Harden is making the plays. That's why his assist numbers have gone up. Yeah, but Whereas, Kyrie, when you still have the ball, if you pass it to Kevin Durant and he shoots a three, you're going to get more assists when you play with better players. Yes, I agree. But I just, I just don't think Kyrie is a top, in top 10 in the MVP conversation. I think he's been really, really good. I think this year he is. I don't think he's top 10 in the league, but I think this year he is top 10 in MVP voting. I don't agree. But um, 
we can see how this plays out at the end of the season. I mean, it won't show up. Well, you can find the top I, ten. I think he'll be... I think he will be in contention for second team all NBA. He won't get it, though, for a guard. He won't get it. He won't get third. One will be Curry Dane. Two will be Doncic Harden, I think. Yeah. He, I, I'll, I think he'll be three. I'd be surprised if he gets three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be surprised Who, if he gets Who's going to get over him? Bradley Beal's in contention. Uh, Bradley, Bradley Beal's in, in contention. Chris Paul's in contention. Devin Booker's in contention. Donovan Mitchell's in contention. I think it'll be Chris Paul and Kyrie. I don't think... I, 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 I don't, don't think, think so. Gets it. I don't know. I don't think Kyrie... I, I think, think it'll be interesting as predicting all, all NBA teams. We could do that too. Uh, that, that, that'll probably be at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. I think that's going to wrap it up. Um, we'd honestly love to hear what you guys think. Um, we were kind of working on like a survey potential thing um with these kind of questions just to see what you guys think so if you guys want us to do that and you guys want to uh, give us your opinions on some of these awards um just let us know reach out to us on instagram at twins.takes um and let us know if you guys want us to do that and we can kind of see uh if our fan base agrees with us for the most part but besides that we've got some good episodes coming up um i think this will be out on uh either Tuesday, uh, March 23rd, or Wednesday, March 24th. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, we've got another March Madness episode coming out. We're going to break down yeah, the first two rounds and then talk through the Sweet 16 and onwards, predict our second chance brackets. Um, we're going to do a um, Champions League and Europa League predictions for yep. um, that, which is coming up. And then looking at some other uh, episodes to do as well. So we got some probably three episodes out in this week that you're listening. So look forward to all of those. Imran, do you have anything else to say on either this episode or on any of the future episodes coming up? Uh, no, the Celtics suck. Okay. Oh, and also one we got coming up is the uh, MLB predictions episode because oh, yeah. opening Woo! day, April 1st. So stay on the lookout. We got some good episodes uh, coming up for you guys. So that's it. Thank you guys for listening and peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of Twins Takes. We're the twins. And those were our takes.